podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily. It is Tuesday, it is the 8th of October and this show of course is brought to you by Paddy Power as always. Paddy Power is a betting app, it's a website, it's it's all that sort of stuff, you know what it is, it's a boogies. Um, if you want to gamble, please gamble responsibly and if you're going to do so, try it with Paddy Power. Odds on football, odds on Liverpool, specials on Liverpool, all other sports and everything else beyond that. Tonight we're going to have a look at probably the only topic that we should be looking at tonight and that is Jurgen Klopp, his first four years in charge of Liverpool Football Club. He arrived on this day in 2015. With me to discuss it is Damo Flood. Damo, how are you? Hey, Keith. Yeah, how's it me? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm flying. Um, we're A from A. Uh, we're all happy, happy, happy. And um, yeah, we, me and Grizz had a good chat last night about Liverpool and, and all the clubs around us and stuff like that. So um, I just wanted to, this is the only real topic today, you know, um, before the international stuff kicks off and we, we keep a nervous eye on, on you know, every player that's left Liverpool to go and, and represent the country. So, Damo, um, something struck me when I spoke to you last week and, and it was was when you said when you start the own podcast with Phil and the lads going back years and years ago and, and Liverpool were brutal and you were fairly you know you were fairly harsh on Liverpool the players the structure the club any, you know you, you were well within your rights to be like that so before we get into Klopp and the first four years he's had at, had at the club I just wanted to talk to you just take you back slightly before that and it's the Brendan Rodgers thing a lot of people would argue at the time Brendan Rodgers should have left earlier he should have went at the end of the previous season he stays on despite a 6-1 defeat away to Stoke and Stephen Gerrard's last game for Liverpool he stays on he makes some signings Firmino is one Ben Teke is another and he eventually leaves the club uh, I think it's the 5th of October and the rumours are quick that, that Klopp is the man along with I think Ancelotti at the time uh, Damo for you was the timing right for Brendan Rodgers to go or was did you think at the, the end of the fall the previous season no that's when he should have went Um, it, I really feel that he should have went at the end of the season I, I think the capitulation um, away in Gerrard's last game 6-1 like the the club had hit a low point then, and I, I'd felt that the players weren't playing for him at the time. Now, kind of Brendan Rodgers' whole tenure as Liverpool manager is kind of built around a six-month period of brilliance where we went on a run and we nearly won the league. And that kind of masks a pretty lacklustre tenure as manager, in my opinion. I wasn't a big fan of his. I wasn't a big fan of his style. Um, this kind of tick-attack approach where it was slow build-up play. It was slow yeah, with the ball. But then we found something in the 13-14 season. And I don't know if it was by design, but it was something that was new to Rodgers in the way he played. Now, whether he was kind of forced to play that way with the, the personnel that he had available to him. And like we had some fantastic attacking quality that you couldn't leave anyone out of the team. Like Sterling had to play, um, Sturridge had to play, and Suarez had to play. They were untouchable that season. They were brilliant. But that necessarily wasn't Klopp. And the first chance he got, he reverted back to type. And that was the following season. After 13-14, 
when he'd moved back away from that kind of tree up front, quick explosive football, and he went back to this slow, ponderous build-up play. So I really think, and don't get me wrong, I'm not slating Rodgers, but I believe that his overall tenure as manager at Liverpool is kind of disguised by that six months of brilliance where he nearly won the league. Because I'll be honest with you, the rest of it wasn't great. Yeah, to be honest with you, I look back... um... I look back a little bit, you know, uh, Barry Carr on the on the on the um, on the comments says time flies when you're having fun. Funny you say that, Barry, because that's literally the last thing Damo said to me uh, before we went live. Stephen Max says four years ago today he said I think we'll win a title in the next four years. Here's hoping. Uh, Barry Carr says this is a club show, not a Brendan show. It's not. It is a club show, but I just wanted to go back just to proceed the you know the appointment of him and, and where the club stood. Um, let me see. On the con- on the continent, title means any trophy. Says Stephen Mack. Yeah, I think he. I know what you mean there, and we all know what he meant with regards to that. Um, you know what? It's it's um, it's for me. He has a good couple of months in twelve thirteen when he brings in um, Coutinho and Sturridge. He's good in thirteen fourteen, but I thought. He should have went at the at, after that Stoke game. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It was one of those where you know it's it it, it just wasn't working. But maybe at the time Klopp wasn't available because Klopp was meant to be on this kind of sabbatical, wasn't he? So it was it was it, you know if the club were eyeing him up, they probably felt they couldn't get him in the summer, and they probably could wait three or four months down the line. But Damo, I remember just I just wanted to quickly go on Brendan Rodgers, but Damo, I remember when 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 Rodgers goes, it's broken just before the Merseyside derby that. A lot of respected journalists and and people, you know, with close connections to the club, reckoned he would be gone after the derby, regardless of of the result. I think we drew one all that day. Danny Ying scores for us, um. But when Klopp is then mentioned, Ancelotti's name is around there, and Klopp is mentioned then, and Demo, it just went from not to fucking a million in like the matter of hours, didn't it? Once this became a real possibility yeah. of happening. Yeah, it definitely did, and like, there's there's only a certain few managers in the world that could have been linked with the Liverpool job at that at that time, which would have given you butterflies in your stomach to say, Jesus, this is the this is the real deal we're getting here. There's very few that would have would have done that to us, and I think most fans got very excited at the thoughts of having Klopp um, straight away. Like I know Phil Casey wanted Klopp before Rodgers, way before. Like he wanted him a long time ago, mm. and he mentioned it. And uh, he'd been a big fan of him for a while. And I was a big fan of him at Dortmund. I might have done at Dortmund for for them. And to have him linked with us at a time when we kind of hit the plateau and what we were doing, we, we we thought we'd become a big club again. To be struck down, losing our talisman and Gerard, losing Suarez. We were kind of at the bottom of the game. We're looking at our squad. We're saying, have we got any quality in this squad or is it just more shit for the next 10 years? And like, if anyone, like before Klopp was announced, if you were sitting down looking at it, they're looking at, we've just drawn with Everton. We're not playing great. Things aren't great. And you're thinking, this is going to take 10, 15 years to fix again. This is a whole new rebuild. And if someone said to you, you'd be European champions and sit on top of the table in October, unbeaten, in four years' time, we would have taken the fucking hand off them there and then. Like it's, it, what he's done to that club and the turnaround in such a small like I know you say four years, but in football terms, that is a very short period of time to do what he's done to the club in that period is, is phenomenal. And I, I, I think 
if we go back to the day he was announced and you're dead right, I think we all had that little bit of a buzz about us and he gave us all that little bit of excitement uh, when he was announced. Yeah, he did. It was it was madness. Like I, I remember it being absolute madness. And I can honestly remember taking in and I'm going to say it out, out loud. I remember taking in podcasts at the time from the Trippers, from uh, the Anfield Rap, anything I could get my hands on, just for, for content. Now, some of the content may have mirrored, a lot of it mirrored each other, but you just wanted to listen to people talk about this man coming in to be Liverpool manager. I remember, like, they were tracking planes. They were they, they, they were they were tracking planes, and then there was, like, he's being spotted at the Audi garage down near Speak, and it was all mad stuff, like, you know what I mean? It was off the charts, like. Um, it was it was a real kind of thing where, you know, we, we'd seen we'd seen Hodgson, which was awful. Daglish comes back and does okay, and then we go for Rodgers, and, and we went from a real high, and then it was a real low, you know that kind of way. It was a real, real low um, with, with Rogers towards the back end. But then to turn around and, and you know, and the thing was like when there was talk of Rogers going, the first time you know uh, Klopp and Ancelotti are mentioned, we're being sniggered at the demo. We're being yeah. laughed at by Arsenal, Chelsea fans, United fans, City fans, Spurs fans, everything. Everyone is sniggering on us going. Are you seriously thinking you can go from Brendan Rogers to an Ancelotti or a Klopp? And literally that day it happened. Um, it was yeah. off the fucking charts when he was announced. And I remember, like, you know, you were watching online and, and there was, like, Twitter feeds from the Liverpool Twitter feed and it was, like, little clips of him arriving. And we're in, like, the, the, you know, like, the like and the retweet refreshing on it. And it was just motoring. It was like, you know, your your electric board, you know, the way the thing spins on it. And yeah. it's like you've turned everything on in the house and, you know, everything's just absolutely gone mental. And it was just absolutely insane. And the the big thing, Damo, I suppose he says when he comes in is he needs to turn doubters into believers. And he couldn't have nailed it better, could he, Damo, because we even still to this day speak about 20, 25, 30 years, 40 years of people watching Liverpool and over the last 20 having this complex where, oh, we're doing great. But there was always a but, you know, that kind of way. And he nailed it that day with that comment, didn't he? He did. Um, and, like, there was an awful lot of doubters. Me being one of them, um, we went through that whole period. And as I said to you early on, I was very vocal against uh, certain players. And I'd, I'd stand over the comments I made against them players. In my opinion, the players have had scandalous amounts of money to play well. And they should play well for the club. And if they're not performing, they should be questioned on their performance. But I think Klopp comes in and he nails it with that comment straight off the bat. And he kind of, he has the people, especially like myself and other lads who have been on the pod as well, all of a sudden, okay, yeah, let's get behind this. Let's believe in this. Let's. He does, with that one comment, he makes us kind of nearly like kids again. Nearly like, okay, let's, let's start believing in the club. Let's start believing in, in what the project is here. And we knew kind of it wasn't going to be a quick fix. And in fairness to him, he doesn't try to make it a quick fix either. He he, he gets in, gets into the club, he immerses himself in it. Yeah, he, he doesn't go in and blitz transfer windows with, with players left, right and centre. He identifies what needs to be done. And he, he has literally made everyone who's into a believer. Like It's so much so, you need to believe you're going to win every game now. And that's... But- that, that's madness to be thinking every game you're going to win. Yeah. I'm looking at the next couple of fixtures and I'm going, yeah, we can take 12 points there, no problem. Yeah. And like in that run of fixture, we, we, we Spurs United uh, and... Uh, Spurs United, City, City and, and Villa in the next four. 
And I'm just looking at them. Yeah, that's that's take twelve there. Be fancy, you know. Yeah, it's, you think back, it, think back four years ago. You're looking at that and you're going, we get six out of that. Well, seven would be a good kind of haul. But now you're thinking, yeah, we take twelve there. Yeah, no, it's it's mad. Like someone says, there the normal one. He comes in on his fourth day, and he and he and people say, "What way would you describe yourself?" And they're looking, and 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 it's a loaded question because yeah. Mourinho in two thousand and four, isn't it? Two thousand and four at Chelsea calls himself the special one, you know. Yeah. And you know he comes in and went, "Well, probably you can call me the normal one." And it's straight away he has the media in the palm of his hand. He really does, you know. And if you go back, I rem- I remember where I was when I watched the first game under his. Managerial tutelage, as you call it, he's away at Spurs, and Spurs are you know really up and coming at that time. You know they're a good side. We're going away, and I'm kind of thinking bad game from the start, bad game. And he has Adam Lallana running around like an absolute madman. I remember Lallana coming off. I was sitting in a pub watching it, and I remember texting the lads at halftime, going, "He literally is pressing the life out of Spurs here, and he's only had the team." you know, four or five days. It's it's insane. Adam Lallana, who was considered couldn't last more than 60, I think he plays about 80 minutes that day and runs his absolute nuts off to the point where he comes off and he nearly falls into Klopp's arms. You know, the kind of way. Um, yeah. But it's just, you could see it from the, the outset. You talk about not, not lashing money around the place. I don't think he signs anyone in the January window apart from Stephen Calker on loan, um, if, I, if, I, if I remember right. The I think... Yeah, I think he signs him, plays him up front um, for a couple of games, and then just d- d- never you never see him again. But even in that four season, you know he's he's left he's left Dortmund. He's he's gone on his little break. He manages, I think, what five months of a break probably, and he's back at Liverpool and we're in the Europa League, and he brings us on a brilliant journey, doesn't he? You know, yeah. you know, like you know, it's uh, Borussia Dortmund was one of the best nights Anfield ever seen. Villarreal. After being, I think, 1-0 down after the first leg, we go and beat them 3-0. Okay, we get beaten in the final. But straight away, you can see he's taken a group of players there and he's not done much with them, you know, with regards to changing the personnel. And he has us in the European final within uh, seven months. You know, it's mad, like. Yeah, he, what he's done to, in a short period of time. That's what I'm saying. Like, earlier on, we're, we're talking, this is his fourth anniversary now today. That's a tiny window in terms of football. When you really think about it, like, like what's that seven or eight transfer windows, mm. um, and you're right, he's come in and he's hit the ground running, and he's instilled what he wants to do, and we haven't really varied from him other than a couple of tweaks here and there. We still have that high tempo. We still have that. We're not moving away from what we do, and I, I used to say this years ago, because I always felt Liverpool. We we, we tried to change. I mean, possibly had to with the personnel we have. I always felt we tried to change to suit how other teams played against us rather than saying, fuck them, we're going to play this way and they've got to deal with us. And I always wanted a manager to have done that. Like We watched United do it for years. Ferguson rarely ever changed what he did. Everyone knew what you got with United. He went at you and he scored goals. And maybe he'd tweak it once a season against Arsenal where he played five in the middle and you just wouldn't get beaten with him. And, but you always knew what you were getting with him. And I always wanted Liverpool to be that again. Because I remember that's what they were during the 80s when we, when we were at the top of a game uh, in 88 and in around 86. We we went at teams and our philosophy never changed. We were there to play football. We were there to win games. Where I felt over kind of the period where we were stale. We were going into games with different kind of tactics. We're going to sit deep. We're going to play this way. 
where I, I just love that we have our identity back in the club. That that it's it's an open brand of football, but, attacking, and yeah. What are you going to say, Gav? Oh, I was going to say there, it's just a really interesting thing comes out. You're talking about progression. Um, I, I, I've i missed the name who's told me there, but the win rate over the last four years has gone from 49 to 50 to 60 to 75. That's the win rate. I was looking there earlier on. As, as, it, gathers, as it gathers year on year, you know. Um, the cop table are on the chat. They say, even lads, good evening. Stephen Mack still with the cap locks on. Um, shouting at me every single message but he says we did win a title Gav uh, the European title of super champions yeah we did win a title and he has done what he said he'd do there's absolutely no problem somebody else says there you have two weeks to fill uh, some time now Gav with no football what are you going to do is a quiz time if people want the quiz back let me know I'll get the quiz back I'm great for it um, but if you, if you I'll, I'll have to have a rematch about um, Chris Brack and then I will also need to get somebody when I invariably lose to take on Chris Brack so we'd have to see how it goes Mick says I've never seen a manager walk with new signings to get them in the right way like he does that's a very fair point Damo another thing there um, net spend over four years is 150 million which is absolutely nothing somebody else says there he's revolutionised the way the Premier League can be can be, can be got at without throwing absolute heaps and heaps of money at it he's spent a lot of money but he's recouped it and he's lost some big players and he's, abs- he's absolutely you know, um, dealt with no same, problem. Yeah, seamlessly replaced them. And like any other year, like when we lost Suarez, that decimated us. Like because he's our kind of our, our main kind of mark here, our franchise player at the time. I know Jared was coming to the end of his time. Suarez was the real main thing. And pretty much like when we lost Torres as well, you're thinking, how do you recover from this? Um, it's going to take another couple of windows maybe to replace him. We've gone and we've lost Coutinho, who arguably was one of our best players at the time, to not even missing the fella. You know, like a little tweak makes a sign and and he's not even missed in the squad. You know, it's what he does to to milk the squad and develop the squad the way he wants it. And I just love the fact that, like, because we're all guilty of it. We're, We're all looking at transfer rumors and we're all shouting and roaring around Twitter get this player, get that player. And we're all. Football managers, the greatest in the world because we've won a championship or two on football manager back in the day. He identifies what he wants and he knows what he wants and he's going to get it. And well, if he has to get that person, he's going to do it. And that's what I like him. That he's, he's not just scattergun approach. He knows what he wants and he'll pick and choose and he'll wait his time to get it. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, that season where um, he's gone for the Europa League, he, he knocks the league on the head. Really does. He, he knocks the league in the head. He's playing all sorts of teams, and he's going to try get Champions League football out of this Europa League, and it doesn't happen for him. And it's probably the first time, um, you know, he's nearly he's, he's what seven eight months into the job, and the media are saying, "Oh, he did he make a mistake there?" They're starting to question him, and I think they are starting to question him because they realise he's good. You know what I mean? If they didn't rate him or they didn't think he was going to be a success, they go, "Ah, well, he tried." You know, like like let's put it this way: if Harry Redknapp done that, he'd be gone. Oh well, Harry went. He was brave and done that. Whereas the Wicklop, they're saying, "Oh, did he did he mess up there and he put too many eggs in one basket and stuff?" But he really went for it. And the following season, we don't end up in Europe. Um, we end up having no European football. And but he obviously has a plan here with that as well going into the following season, where I'll get us back in top four. We no, and I'll have no, you know, nothing sidetracking us like a European run. I'll just get us in the top four. That'll be our first aim, and that'll get us on get us on track. and And he doesn't fail to fail in that either. 
Yeah, he's he's kind of fallen on his feet there and um, a little bit. Like in hindsight, you look at it, he probably was right to go after the the silverware because if he gets that within his first couple of months, he's an absolute god straight away. Now, even even without winning it, I still think every fan is looking at that saying, "We've got a real a, a real manager on our hands here. We've we've got someone who knows what he's doing." But I would have been fearful for us going into a Champions League the following season. Um, I still think the squad was pretty weak at that period of time and it could have went against them and you kind of luckily enough he went in it he's, he's had a kind of season to again mould the squad into what he wants he's not in the spotlight or the glare of a Champions League because you remember uh, when Rodgers went into it and he, he was like a deer in the headlights well, he, had he still a is squad. in European yeah. football yeah, yeah when yeah. he was in the Champions League severely lack of yeah and we get we get murdered in the group stages and we look like a team that shouldn't be there and we look like uh, amateurs like I think the team we put out against uh, AC not AC Milan uh, Real Madrid yeah Bernabeu was a disgrace it was like it was like a team you put out for the Carabao Cup it was a disgrace because he was playing United on the following Sunday yeah and that was it and that's what I would have feared possibly could have happened if Klopp had won the Europa League and then the Champions League the following year so kind of in a way you can say it's luck or whatever, but I think that extra season that he could just kind of stay out of the spotlight of the, and he has the extra break. He didn't have to break the bank buying players because the squad he had could kind of fulfil the Premier League games and the cup games that he had. And I think that kind of little season in between was big for him. I don't think it was a good design, but it was probably big for him in, in setting down what he really wanted to do going forward with the club and kind of got a little base for himself. And it just built things up nice and slowly um, without having to rotate players in and out. Because if you start losing more and more games, as we said there a few minutes ago, the media are going to be at you. And you lose the momentum that you're trying to build as well. Exactly, exactly. And I think if we had a qualified for the Champions League, I think that possibly could have happened that year. So it's kind of worked out well for them that, that we weren't in it. Yeah. Well, I have a random question for you at the end with regards to mashed potatoes, Damo. So I'll try to at you <laughs> near the end, right? Um Somebody else says there that uh, credit to Michael Edwards for keeping the net spend so low. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he seems crucial in what Klopp's doing. And and as soon as Klopp gets the job, all talk of transfer committees are gone. He basically tells people, yes, we have a transfer committee, but I'm not going to tell you who it is and I'm not going to tell you how it works. You know, um, so it's 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 one of those where, you know, he, he he he's laying down the law in a really, really not casual way, but... He's assertive without having to be aggressive in what he's saying. He's really, really good at it. But he gets, look, he gets top four um, in, in uh, 16, 17. We go into 17, 18. Um, and, you know, people are thinking, how far can we go? You know, and he's bringing in Andy Robertson. He's bringing, you know, Coutinho starting to, to, to act a maggot and stuff like that. But it doesn't let him affect him. And he's building this squad. And, and when I look at the first day he had against Spurs and the squad he has to what he has now, it's night and day. I, I think only, is it Lalana and Milner? Maybe only two people Divock. in the squad. Divock and Divock there. Yeah, Divock Origi. Um, but it's, it's um, he goes into 17 and 18 and, you know, people are thinking, can they go for the title push? Can they, can they do this? Can they do that? And in the end, he, he, he does a good balancing act. I think he does do a good balancing act where 
he's concentrating on top four and he's making sure he's going to get that. But we're sensational in Europe, Damo. Sensational. Yeah, like we're, he's created the kind of vibe in Europe now that Rafa Benitez had, where you look at it and there's no team on paper you feel can beat us over two legs. They probably beat us over a game, but won't do us over two legs. And we kind of had that fear factor under Benitez in Europe, um, where now Klopp has it uh, in Europe, but we also have it in the league. So we, he's, he's kind of started to balance it up very well. He said in the, the year 17 18, we were still a ways off, I think, having a title challenge, really. Um, I was probably getting the wrong year there. Um, but really having a good crack at the league. Um, was that the year that City ran away with it in the first? 17-18 is the year um, City get 100 points. Yeah, yeah that's the year. 18-19 is last season. Yeah, they have it won nearly by Christmas. And, they're, they're, and you know it finished second that year, isn't it? Uh yeah yes yeah yeah and like when I say you know they finished second I think they were twenty or thirty points behind yeah it was like, scandalous yeah. yeah and I I just felt we were still a way off challenge the city at that stage but you could see what he was doing and developing the side and getting stronger as we were going on and getting better every year so it's uh yeah like he, the development of the squad has been getting slowly and gradually better as we're going on in Klopp's tenure and we can all see that um, so yeah I'm about to get lost there somewhere along the way no uh, well like, like when I look at, look back at 17-18 I, I just <clears throat> we were we were nobody was in a title challenge with City let's be honest about it they finish on 100 points um, they're miles ahead of anyone else but Klopp does a decent balancing act where he he's keeping them he's keeping an interest in the top four very much alive, you know. He's he's um he has the Champions League, and that takes on nearly a life of its own. You know, yeah. I don't think anyone going into that season, you know, is thinking we could go and win a Champions League. If you put your hand on your heart, you know what I mean. No. If you put your hand on your heart, I don't think you do because I remember Salah being signed and people saying, "Oh, he'd be good backup for the, you know the lads that are there." Because obviously, you know, Coutinho's still there, Mane's still there. You know, Mane is there, Firmino's there, and they're thinking, and they were starting to call it the Fab Four and stuff like that. And it was always going to be a tree. You know, it's always going to be a tree. Um, so I think he does a really good act, balancing act during that season, and then that takes on a life of its own. But he's when 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 the I suppose the focus switches to the Champions League and it looks a real real possibility. He still keeps that. You know, he still keeps that league. Ticking over and ticking over and just getting what he needs, you know, just getting what he needs. I've asked a question there, Damo, about uh, Klopp extending by two twenty uh, twenty twenty two, or will he leave? North Red is just pleading for him to extend. Um, Maverick says seventeen eighteen was one of the best Champions League runs I've ever seen, all the way to the final. Battering City was marvelous. Apart from, uh, apart from he must not be named in goal was it was fantastic. It absolutely was. And look, Damo, like when you get into it, did we lose in Kiev? You know, a goalkeeper makes a horrend- two horrendous errors. We lose our, be- our best player of the season, uh, you know, within 20, 25 minutes or whatever it was. You know, um, but still, when you come out at the end of the season, I think, you know, how many d- days beforehand, we've, we've guaranteed ourselves top four again. I think we're a win at home against Brighton, I think it was. Um, a 4-0 win. And 
you know, we're, we're going into that Champions League final and everyone's going, well, look, we got our top four. We're never going to get near that league. And Klopp is still saying, but we can do it. We can do it. And he feels that, like, I think we're in with a massive chance in Kiev and we, we are probably better side. I think we play better in Kiev than we do in Madrid, for argument's sake. But just to measure the man, Damo, to lose that final in the manner that we lose it, all right, he's very diplomatic towards certain players that didn't turn up for him and, and different things, and we won't go into that. But he galvanises the squad again, Damo. He galvanises the squad, you know, He's he, and he he's put them in a position there last season where we could have we could have fell off and said, oh, well, look, we lost the European, European Cup final. But he galvanises them, and look what he done again last season, Damo. And it, like, like somebody said there earlier, the, the win percentage is, is off the charts year on year. Yeah, I'm just looking at it there because one of the lads was kind of stats. I was just looking, and I think we're, we're taking over two points a game on average, scoring over two goals a game per average. Like that's outrageous. Like in his in his time as manager, we're, we're taking over two points a game, and we're taking, we're scoring over two a game. Like that's that that that's mental statistics. If you just looked at that, like as a neutral, you're saying Jesus Christ that they are mental. Uh, tallies are rattling up there. Um, going back to what we, you were talking about there and, and galvanising the squad, like it's nearly you're dead right what you're saying. And I remember going back. This is going back when we we kind of struggled after losing the league under under Brendan Rodgers. And I was on one of the podcasts and I said what my fear was was that this squad was going to be broken by not winning the league. Um, I felt it was going to have a detrimental effect down into the following season, and I. I I didn't think that the mentality of the squad was strong enough to kind of carry losing the league the way we did um, into the following season. And I felt we'd have a big dip and a fall off. And I think I said it on one of the pods back then. And it, it turned out that way the following season. We, we, we literally, first couple of games, we were dreadful. Yeah, well, like you're, you're, sorry, you're saying there, and John always agreeing with you, he's saying uh, it's good to see Damon mention. Um, you know, Roger's tenure is a good six months because he feels the rest was crap. You know, he said before last week's game, the media were saying Rogers deserved a standing ovation from the Liverpool fans, all because he had a six months um, of of a hot streak. Um, you'd swear he won the, he'd won the Premier League title. But look at if you look at the drop off of, of us then after that, and now now come back around to after Kiev. Um, sorry, Stephen Macassini has to shout at Gav in order to get me to notice me. Stephen, you have them caps lock turned on. They must be glued down. And uh, you're talking about lamb and beef, mate. So I'll have to wait a little bit later to get back to you. Um, but you know, just just the way he takes them, the yeah. demo. Because I would have forgiven them last season if they scraped top four and. You know, quarterfinal of a Champions League, and you just go, look, that's the, the, the bubble a little bit burst. You know, it's it's understandable. We've seen it happen to, to to teams like this before, but he doesn't. They just keep getting better and better and better. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of hoping that that this Premier League season is going to be something like what happened to us in Kiev. Like we get done in Kiev, he keeps the lads' heads up. He's, he's rallying them around on the pitch. You can see he's absolutely seeding at the Arno Hill, mm. um, but he doesn't let it come through. Um, he he kind of he, he kind of holds himself brilliantly after the game, speaks positively, gets the lads up, and we went we win the Champions League the following season. Now losing the league the way we did last year, which any other year you're winning the league with the points that we've rattled up, we've lost one game, and we've been pipped at the post by by a City side who've gone and and won 15 games in the spin. That's that's heartbreaking, 
But if you watch our final game of the season, and we're, we, we lose the league basically um, because the, the City go and do what they do at Brighton, the lads don't look affected by it. They're laughing, no. they're joking, they're jovial. And you can nearly see it in their eyes where they're saying, we're close now, but we're winning it next year. And I think that's where we're looking at what this steel determination that he's driving into this, they lose, this squad of players. They lose a league title on the last day, right? Yeah. Two phenomenal sides going absolutely tooting, you know, tooting there, you know, for what, 12, 15 games towards the end. I think they ne- nearly win every game between the both of them. But all right, they lose it. And I, I know what you're saying. They're walking around Anfield after that game against Wolves and they are kind of joking and, and in good spirits. But I think there is a steel, I think you're right, there's a steely determination to go to Madrid and nail, nail that Champions League and go, yeah, yeah, you done 98 and we done 97, but we've gone and won that thing. And that's the thing you wanted. You know, that yeah. kind of way. And and it's just, it's just that determination he puts into it. And it's rolled into this season again. He hasn't gone out and bought anybody big. He's basically telling the squad, you're unbelievable. You know, so don't get me yeah. wrong, Damo. You were probably calling for players in the summer. I know I was calling for one or two. Hands up, I definitely was. People watching this show were calling for it. I started this show on July the 1st, which gave us a full month and five weeks of a transfer window. And people every day were calling for players, me included. And he doesn't. He tells the squad they're brilliant. And yeah. you can go, and he's being fully justified in what he's done, you know, um, in in keeping the squad together. He's got to rely on them. He, he has enough stats behind him and, and analytics and, and anything else he needs for the backroom staff to say, yeah, they'll be fine over the season if we do A, B and C. He absolutely has a plan in place. But look, he's a brilliant manager. Like I think you said to me before, the day he leaves this club will be like like the, like the a death in the family. And, I, and I, I couldn't agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm being honest with you. Always, it always gives me that kind of flashbacks and, and things. And, you know, when... when um, when Shankly retires at Liverpool and they have yeah. that, that news on the street and they're telling the kids and the kids are like, what? Are you serious? You know, it's, and they're nearly tears in their eyes, you know? I think it'd be something along them lines. Um, yeah, well, I remember when Dag Leash resigned. I yeah. think it was after the, the after the Everton game they beat us in an FA Cup. Uh, yeah, 1-0. It was a replay and I yeah. think they'd been to do two epic games, you know, and they beat us and he was a broken man. I remember it was a, he was kind of called time and I, I was devastated I was only a kid at the time but I remember that devastation of losing him and I, I, I fear it'd be something similar now when uh, when Klopp finally decides to go I, like, I know we're looking at it and he's not signing contracts at the minute or there's, there's talk of this and he's gone I don't think so I think he he could be creating a bit of a legacy for himself you know like he, he could do something really really special and he can cement his name in world football for a Forever, really. Mm, the, or he can, walk, he can walk into the sunset. If he wins a league title, he could walk away. Yeah, he could. He could walk away literally next summer after going, there's a European Cup in the league title. What more do you want? Look where you were when I got you. He, he could genuinely do that. Nobody could, could could argue with him. You know the kind of way. Um, I, I think I think if he didn't win them, there's more chance of him staying because of a determination to, to, to put that league title on the table. If he wins it, and let's be honest, he... If he wins one, I think he wins two. I'm going to be honest with you. And but that Germany job is coming up in the summer of 2022, and I have a feeling that his name is written all over it. Um, I'd like to know what people think on the chat. The, does he go? Does he not go? I think it was Mick said earlier. You know, he feels that um, 
he feels that uh, he looks drained already, never mind in, in, in three years' time. Northred says, when you see the footage of Jurgen Klopp leaving Dortmund, grown men and women were crying. That will be us whenever it happens. I agree with you. I think it'll be a massive outpouring of emotion when Jurgen Klopp decides to call time in Liverpool. Regardless of what happens between now and, and the day he leaves, you know, if there's a league title or not, just the stature of the man, a little bit like Benitez. You know, Benitez wins a European Cup and an FA Cup. And it's 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 the stuff he done around the club, the stuff he done around Hillsborough, the the donations he made to the family, the the the, the campaign and stuff like that. You know, Rafa Benitez still owns a house in Liverpool. I think his wife and kids are still there. You know the kind of way he just got drawn in by the city, and and his family just can't live. You know the kind of way, and that's just yeah. the way it goes. It'd be like me or you, Damo, going over to Australia and going, "This is fucking great," because one the sun more than three days in the year. You know the kind of way. So th- th- that's a plus compared yeah. to Ireland at times. But just what? Well, sorry, sorry, Gavin. Just go across here. Yeah. What my go feeling of it is is that he sees this squad through. And then he goes. I, I, I think he doesn't do a rebuild of the squad. Mm. They're, they're all kind of pretty much in around the same age. Now, where Ferguson had 20 years where he'd done two or three rebuilds, mm. and, he, and you're going to have two or three year periods or maybe a year or two where you've got to tear down what you've just done and rebuild. I don't see him doing that. I see him building this squad and seeing it through, and then maybe starting to, to, to look at for the out then. I don't see him trying to have a rebuild. And that that's that'll give us another four or five years, I think. You think you get four or five of them? So you think he signs yeah. a two year extension? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emma comes up with a point and I think he did make this point earlier Emma and I just completely forgot your name when I wanted to say it. He says the seven year itch, could we offer him a sabbatical? Um you know, Pep Linder steps in for interim six months, possibly a year. You know what I mean? Could be something like that. You don't know. But does it work for a sabbatical for him to go off and let someone else take the club for a year and then come back? I don't know. I think if he goes, if he makes a break from the club, I think he makes a break. My good feeling on the demo is that he goes in twenty twenty two at the end of his contract. I want to be wrong. I want to, I want I want Liverpool to win the league title and next May he turns around and goes, It's May two thousand and twenty. Let's go to twenty twenty four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe he does in twenty twenty two do a little, little rebuild and has two seasons there where he's putting the club on a play for the Pep Linders or, or anyone else that they feel that, you know, it's it's suitable for. Um Well, I have to, I have to say, Gav, one thing I want to touch on there. They really need to be identifying now. Um and, and this goes back we've always spoke about this years ago in the early pods as well, and I know uh, speaking to Steve we always felt this way. We need to be identifying now who Klopp's replacement is. And we need that man walking alongside it. Whether it's Pep Linders or not, we need him to be part of what's happening now and having mm-hmm. this philosophy. There. Because the last thing you want is somebody, say Klopp has gone out the door. Mm-hmm. and Who are we looking at here now, lads? Steven Gerrard. We're looking at Steven Gerrard, okay? My worst looking? nightmare, I'm being yeah. honest. Mine as well. Mine as well. But whatever he wants. And he could, listen, he could do brilliant things at Rangers. But the first thing he's going to do is he's going to come in and put his own stamp on the club the way he wants it done. He's going to change things. Where I think when, and why we were so successful for for so long in the 70s and 80s was we always had the next man coming through. He didn't change the philosophy of the club. He added in a few extra players, but the philosophy of the club never changed. And I think we found our identity again. After going through umpteen managers who were all defensive minded and Julier and Benitez and Hodgson, 
We've now found our, found our identity again with a manager who plays the brand of football that Liverpool fans expect. And we need to be identifying somebody that believes in that and is going to work. Well, Pep Linders is probably our man then. He is your man. He'd be looking at Now, my opinion, I think he will be the man. I think they're, they're, they're probably already grooming him to be that man. Mm. And I think, I, I think so. And I, I'll be honest, I would like him to get the job. Um, possibly at this point, like if somebody asked me, who do I want to get the job tomorrow? I'd say Pep Linders. Um, but like, I'd, I'd like to see the club thinking. Of, I do. Of, I do. Of, I, 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 I do think they're thinking. If if I, if anything gets to it, I I really really do. Chris Brack reckons it'd be minimum two thousand twenty four before he leaves. Well, listen, I hope he, he I hope he's absolutely right. Again, Chris says he does not want Gerard next. He isn't ready. Rangers isn't big enough. That is Edward's biggest long term project. But just regards to squad building, I think they're looking at players already for next season. Somebody there mentions that Mane or Salah will sadly go in this time of this three years when 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 this contract is up. I agree with you. I think it's more likely to be Salah than Mane. And but I do think, and I genuinely do think that Jaden Sancho and Kylian Mbappe is be, are being looked at by Liverpool Football Club. I genuinely believe that. I think a good, friend, I think, a good friend of mine made a good point the other day to me um, when we were speaking about the the movements probably next summer. And he, he nail on the head. He said the same thing you said regarding Salah, and he, he said he thinks he will go before Mane because of his age. And mm. um, I'm sure that the money men Edwards and the people behind it are looking and saying. When can we get our biggest bang for buck off this player? It'll probably be next summer. It'll probably be next summer. Yeah. And then if you look at it, if we have the deal coming through on the kit, you're probably looking at the likes of Mbappe. Now, whether we get him or not is another thing, but I'm sure the the Nike people will want him. Is need to face a Nike? Yeah. So they'll they'll kind of want to face a Nike playing for somebody that's absolutely. Now they just pumped millions into So, yeah, that, I do see a big summer come for us, and I do possibly think it could be Salah that goes. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they may they may get another season now with Salah, but I, I, I do think they will go big next summer, um, regardless of whether anyone leaves or not. Um, North Red said Scottish football wouldn't touch the Premier League. He loves Gerrard, but not managing us. Uh, it's pep for him. Um, get the league title this year, and big names to come in the summer. Life couldn't be better, says Mick. I absolutely agree. Uh, let me see. Chris Brack says, could be Pep Linders next LFC manager and Arteta at City I did see somebody say last week that was a Van Bronckhorst was being tipped to be the next City manager he's already on the books or something like that uh, Stephen says he gets a whiff of Sunes off of Gerrard we'll have to wait and see we'll absolutely have to wait and see um, Chris says if we if we win the league see, win the league next season or this season why would Salah want out it's not about if Salah wants out or whatever else you know if Salah gives any inkling and as Damo says you got you always you always go in and and get the best deal you can. But I think you might see a season or two. Demo, your favorite. Before I go on, um, I'm gonna ask the question about the fucking potatoes. Which is just give me a minute. I will ask Demo <laughs> about the potatoes. I promise. Uh, Chris Brack says, "Can we laugh about the Ev all day long, me all day?" I do have a little announcement on everything that I'm going to do before this show ends. Um, but Demo, Demo, just the last thing on Klopp for me, when you look at the ticket price thing that went on a couple of years back on £77 and stuff like that, and, and he had no problem with fans walking out of the ground that day, I really like that, the way he stood with the fans. I really like the way he's he's basically told the main stand to go fuck off at times and absolutely pulled them over 
leaving grounds early when we're when we're losing, and he's 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 got the mentality in the in the stadium. The mentality in the stadium is night and day to what it was four, five, six, ten years ago. It's unreal, and around the ground, it's 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 completely and utterly different. Um, but just give me your favorite club moment from the last four years, Demo. Do you know what, like, when you think about it, there's so many of them. And, like, normally with most managers, you're kind of looking at it and you don't get kind of amazing moments. But I, I think the goal against uh, Norwich, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a nothing game and we end up beating Norwich after being well in front. We score a scaldy one. But the, the videos that came out after with the Baywatch music and all and breaking his glasses and the whole lot. Like, oh, he didn't care, like... like- yeah, that's probably one of my favourite moments. It, it, it kind of it's the one that sums them up most for me. Um, I think, yeah, it's probably the one for me. Yeah, the one for me is um, the the derby, the Vicarigi scores, and Jurgen Klopp forgets he's the manager of Liverpool Football Club, um, and just goes running on the pitch because that's what football fans do. That's what everyone in that ground wanted to do when that goal yeah. went in. They wanted to get on the pitch. They wanted to um, they wanted to hug a player near them. And he just managed to get Allison. So that would be um that would be one of my favourites. The thing where he shouts Allison, um or Adrian Adrian um yeah. after the Super Cup's amazing. The Norwich one is amazing. The bit where he brings them down to the cop after the two all draw against West Brom, again Liverpool were sniggered at, but it was very calculated from him. You get the players and you get the 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 cop together and you say, Look, we didn't we didn't win today, but we stick together and I think that was a massive, massive thing. And he basically told the cop to, you know, Acknowledge these these boys' efforts, and and it works. Um, look, bef- that's about it. We have to go because uh, I think I think we've gone about forty forty five minutes there, and um, we're we're really taking the mick now at this stage every night. But tomorrow, um, I'm going to have an Everton fan on with me. We will be on live from ten o'clock. He's a really really nice guy. You'll see him on Twitter uh, at David Downey seventeen. Dave is. Ah, look, I, I find him a really, really honest Everton fan. Um, he doesn't bullshit you. He'll tell you if it's good, bad or indifferent at Everton. I know at the moment he thinks it's fucking terrible. Um, and I'm going to have him on tomorrow night from 10 o'clock. If, you wanna, if, if you're coming on there tomorrow night with the chat, um, you know, if, if you're going to throw abuse at Dave... There's no real point. He's not one. He's not going to see it, and I'm not going to read it out. So if you have any genuine questions, um, to Dave about everything because I'm intrigued by them as to, as to what's going on there. So if you have any genuine questions for Dave, listen, throw them in. He'll give you his thoughts on them. You know what I mean? But I want to. I I don't like getting fellas on and bashing them about the football club. I I just don't. I don't think it leads to productive conversation about football. I really don't. So you know, Dave is coming on ten o'clock. By all means, come on, ask him any kind of questions you want on everything, players, the structure, the club, the manager, where do you think they're going, anything like that. I'm going to ask them all these as well. Um, so, look, Dave's going to be on from 10 o'clock, so come and join us then. Damo, before we leave, is it acceptable to put mashed potatoes and roast potatoes on your dinner at the same time on a Sunday? Of course, yeah. Yeah? A couple, yeah, yeah. couple of lads have suggested there that we throw hash browns and everything on. Anything made of potato? No, no, that's a lot of bollocks. No, you wouldn't put no the hash browns now because that's no, wouldn't have that. But mm. you have to have a few roses at the side of a, a bit of mash. You know, yeah. you don't put them. They don't put them beside each other now. No, that that's a no no. So the roast roast potatoes can't be beside the mash. No, can't be beside them. We'll be on the same plate. Right. So if I if if I'm saying to you Sunday dinner, 
um, or you're going down for carvery, then what's your um, what's your poison when you go down? I'm partial to a bit of talking and ham, mm-hmm. no matter what, no matter what time of the year. I'm partial to a bit of talking and ham, bit of stuffing. Um, oh, it has to be stuffing. Yeah. yeah. So no, normally, if you if you have your roasters kind of separated mm-hmm. from the, the the mash with the stuffing and a bit of veg, happy days. Because you don't want to be eating the mash and the the roasters at the same time. Yeah. To me, it's one or the other. But you don't. But like, would you? You wouldn't have mash and roasters on the same plate, would you? I'd have them on the same plate. You wouldn't just have them touching off each other. I wouldn't eat yeah, them but, on the same. Yeah, but like, Damo, they can be touching off each other. It doesn't mean you're going to pick them up at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, something like that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to have either of the two of them. I mean, you're not blind. Like, you know what I mean? You can yeah, see what yeah. you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're being a bit weird there, Damo. Like, if you just no, land on the plate beside each other. I'm a bit weird. Who asked the fucking question? Um, I don't know who asked the question. They've spent an age talking about it here, and went, it went all over the shop. And then they were wondering why I was ignoring the conversation. It was literally about <laughs> fucking cows and pigs. You know the kind you know of what? Don't you don't you just know it's international break? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. For me, for me, yeah, I like a bit of turkey and ham stuffing, mash, not madden roast potatoes, um, cabbage, all the veg, and loads of gravy. And, and uh, yeah, we're absolutely spot on. Um, Emmett said the Evs new stadium site is full of shy. Yeah, I've, I'd seen someone the other day saying it's they've 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 uh, done a survey on it and it's actually quicksand that they're trying to build that in. But listen, if that was true, um, unbelievable, unbelievable. But look, that's the end of it. That's the Fatback Four Daily for um, for today, Tuesday the eighth of October. It's been a pleasure. Uh, the comments have been wild, weird, wonderful. Um, but listen, um, if all things go to plan, you never know. Jürgen Klopp might stay beyond 2022. He'd rebuild the squad. Dame old hell as he predicted it. Um, and never put mashed potatoes beside your roast potatoes on your dinner. That's the top. Never. Never. <laughs> join us tomorrow from 10pm when Dave Downey, the Everton fan, will join us for a nice 40 to 45 minutes chat on the Blues. Talk to you then. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.